0: So i'm pretty sure at any time of the day someone somewhere is pouring out his or her first glass of wine toasting and celebrating and saying i'll cheers to that addressing all from first time novice wine enthusiasts to accustomed wine veterans we have with us today gargi kothari the wine expert continue listening and take the first step into knowing more about wine studies introducing gargi Gargi is the founder of Magic Cellars. She is a WSET level 3 qualified sommelier with an experience of 8 years in the wine industry. Gargi curates wine experiences for individuals and creates easy-to-access wine content. She also administers her Handpicked by Gargi monthly wine selections that help wine lovers explore and learn about this fascinating beverage in fun and informal ways. Thank you so much for sparing the time for this, Gargi. Whatever little I know about you, one thing we know for sure is that your favorite beverage is wine. So how does how did that come to be? What makes you say that it is your uh, favorite beverage?
1: Actually, happened quite by accident, where I was introduced to wine in an educational formal setup in the setup of WSET, which is what I have studied, which is Wine and Spirit Education Trust. And uh, they basically are a worldwide organization that is present around the world. And they have their courses in like 55 to 60 different countries, including India. So my introduction to wine was in that classroom on the first day of my level one of WSCT which is just a one-day course. So, Mm that's how I was introduced to wine. I mean, not I started my journey into wine. Um, I didn't know even the basics that people know of today, you know, like if I, if I ask them, okay, Chenin Blanc, is it a white grape or a red grape? People will at least be able to say, oh, it's a white wine. You know, or if I say it's a it's Shiraz, then they know that it's a red wine. But when I joined my WSTT level one course, I didn't even know that. So that's how it began. And then I studied more about it. And then since then I've been working in this, uh, you know, wine space.
0: Okay. So, uh, so what makes you say that it's your favourite beverage now? So,
1: uh, because, um, you know, the sheer versatility of uh, wine as a beverage, like there are thousands of types of wines in, in the world. There is such diversity in that, that you could spend your lifetime exploring the subject of wine and, you know, still feel that, you know, you don't know enough about it. And uh, also, A, I love the way it tastes um i think it is also the best thing, thing that you can pair with your food you know as compared to say a cocktail or a beer or anything like that i think that wine pairs really well with food because it can really complement food really well so uh, you know when i'm eating food and i'm drinking something with that then i prefer to drink uh, wine also you know wine is uh uh, I think it just appeals to my inner geek, you know, so where I want to learn more and more about something and wine kind of provides that avenue to me and so from all senses, you know, I would say that it's kind of like my, not kind of, it is my favourite alcoholic beverage.
0: Okay, okay. So uh, what was the major idea behind establishing uh, Magic Sellers? Like what, what inspired you to start this venture?
1: So, it started out with a very simple thought that, uh, you know, I wanted to actually create a space where people could come and explore wine, learn about wine in a fun and informal way. So, that is how I started doing these wine tastings, basically, you know, where a bunch of people will come together we will taste different wines together and i will take them through the tasting of those wines i will do a guided tasting where i tell them what the wine is all about it's a piece of culture you know at the end of the day and that is what i wanted to uh, wanted to bring forth to people you know uh, that is what the whole idea was to create a community of wine lovers you know get wine lovers together and uh, mm-hmm. kind of generate conversation and excitement around wine and that was the whole idea behind Magic Cellars. In India, wine is not part of daily life but what happens is that as our horizons are expanding as we work with multinational companies and we travel around the world and you you get exposed to wine as a beverage you know, even if you are entertaining a client at a high-end restaurant uh, for a dinner the you might start off with a whiskey or you might start off with a cocktail but invariably it will be wine that is going to be had when you are having your meal. If you are going to be enjoying something like that, you know, then A, you should know something about it, right? So, A, one is from your work perspective. This is part of soft skills when it comes to corporates, Uh, you know, this is a huge part of corporate etiquette. You know that you should know something about wine. So that is the first thing. Second Mm -hmm. thing is that as young people, you know, who are developing a taste for wine, A, of course, it's a much healthier choice of beverage as compared to any other alcoholic beverage. Mm -hmm. And personally, I feel that drinking wine becomes more fun when you start learning about it. You know because you start learning something about it and you find it interesting and then you explore it even further and you find it even more interesting okay. so I feel that from these kind of curiosity is one thing but the other thing is of course the corporate uh, etiquette you know that requires you to learn something
0: about wine mm. yeah this is something that I did not know so uh, uh, there are not a lot of sommeliers around like around us especially so when did you decide that this is what you wanted to do as a profession? Or did you always know that um, you wanted to do something like this or how how did you no, know
1: no, i never knew about it at all so uh, like i said wine was not even my choice of uh, uh, drink you know so it's not like i had any kind of keen interest in it uh, and uh, the i started out like i said got introduced to wine in a formal educational setting and then when i went from my level one to studying my level two wsct level two uh, which was also in 2012 Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean at the end of level one i already knew that hey like this is something very fascinating and i want to learn more about this but in terms of becoming more confident in my decision to adopt this as a career that happened at the end of level two you know which is for four days and then i did my level two is when i got a little more acquainted with wine and I realized that hey like this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life like I fell in love with wine and I was like I want to make a career out of this okay. so I was like what is the best way to learn about this so I thought okay why not start working with an importer you know where I'm part of the trade and therefore I can learn Uh, you know, as to how the business
0: works. So, what does a sommelier exactly do and what kind of a qualification does one need to be a part of this wine industry that you talk about?
1: So, uh, you know, see, if you talk about the traditional definition of a sommelier, the word sommelier itself means in French, it means wine waiter. Okay. So, the person who serves wine, the person who talks about the wine with a guest, that person is the sommelier. So, technically sommeliers are people who work in a restaurant on the floor and they are the ones who are curating the wine list in a restaurant they are the ones Mm -hmm. who are suggesting the wine pairings to the clients Uh, you know, they are the ones who work with the chef to kind of draw up a menu of wine and food pairing. They are the ones who make the wine list in the restaurant. Yeah. Then there is of course, a lot of other technical stuff like, you know, managing inventory, XYZ, you know, all the other boring stuff Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. that comes with being a sommelier. Uh, So, uh, uh, traditionally sommeliers do that. Over time, the role of sommeliers have has also evolved. <laughs> so, uh, you will also find there are a lot of wine importers as well as Indian wineries or any winery not just Indian but any winery around the world uh, or uh, an importer as well or uh, you know a distributor as well anybody who is in the wine trade they might employ sommeliers who have a high level of knowledge about wine. But now mm. over the over the course of time, even in India that has happened, you will find that a lot of sommeliers are working with importers and they are managing the trade aspect, they are managing even trainings in restaurants, uh, you know, so they have a very multifaceted role. They could be even in a marketing role, like for example.
0: Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, uh, what qualification does one need to become a sommelier?
1: So, of course, you have to be a graduate, you could be Mm -hmm. from any field Okay. and then you can learn uh, wine under either WSCT, if if I'm talking about India, then Mm -hmm. there is WSCT and then there is another institute called CMS, which is Court of Master Sommeliers Mm -hmm. and they also have their courses running in India so basically both these organizations are world recognized all these certifications are valid in any part of the world
0: World. and these
1: international international bodies that certify you basically and you have their uh, licensed course providers who conduct the course on behalf of WSCT and on behalf of CMS in India. When it got difficult was in level three, you know, where, you know, by now you have studied all the technical aspects about wine. In level three is when they start teaching you about the geographical aspects of wine. That why a particular grape varietal grows in a particular region, and what are the characteristics of that region? What kind of wines that region is producing? and uh, you know, what kind of pricing, what is the quality like, or what are the characteristics of those particular wines being produced in that region. So, mm-hmm. you are actually studying the geography of that place because a lot of wine studies has to do with geography. You know, if okay. I'm talk- talking about a wine region, then you're going to learn about the climate of that region, the soil of that region, uh, you're going to learn about at what height the vineyards are located and at what latitude the region lies. Uh, you know, and many other geographical aspects. What kind of water bodies are located around. There are a lot of geographical things that you will learn. So, that is where it gets tough. Because imagine trying to remember all these geographical and climatic aspects of a particular place. And that you have to do for multiple places.
0: Right, right. So, right. and
1: everything is factual, right? It's mm-hmm. not like a formula that you learn the formula and, and you apply Use it, it everywhere, and then you have the answer. It's not like that. Right. It's it's fact based. So you have to learn the facts. So even if you read something once, you have to read it again and again and again for it to actually stay in your brain. You know, because not nobody has hundred percent retention power, right? right? So you have to keep revisiting what you have studied. Uh, And then and of course, then it has to be uh, coupled with practical knowledge. So Mm -hmm. if I'm learning about a particular region, then I need to taste the wines of that particular region so that I can put my practical uh, knowledge and my theoretical knowledge together to learn more in depth about that region. You know mm-hmm. so that also becomes challenging because we don't have wines from all the regions around the world available over here so mm-hmm. of course in level 3 when you uh, when, during the classroom sessions they provide you with the wine samples for you to taste uh, you know but at the end of the day wine studies is a lot of self-learning as well okay so you have to be motivated to keep learning on your own you know so that is where I found that th- that is the most challenging victim
0: Mm, So, you need to be like self-motivated to actually want to learn more. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. So, uh, when we talk about wine especially in India not like you mentioned earlier not a lot of people are acquainted with it as a beverage. So, there are a lot of myths that revolve around this beverage. So, can you uh, name some things that you've heard which are so not true and you find like really funny when you listen to people say things about wine?
1: Because you said funny, I'll tell you a really funny incident that happened. Okay. So I was at a friend's place um, and she very, very excitedly brought out a bottle. She said, Oh, I have an eight year old wine with me. I was like, What? I said, You have an eight year old wine with you and never even told me about it. And she's like, Yeah, I have it with me. I said, Okay, let's get it out and let's see what it is. So she brought out an eight-year-old very basic wine from sula okay and he was saving that bottle for that many years i was like what are you doing with this bottle it's already turned to vinegar and she was like hurry but you know older the wine better it is right i'm like hey no that's not true at all because even though uh, uh, uh you know you might think that hey like as the wine gets older, it's going to taste better, but that is applicable to only five percent of the wines that are produced in the world.
0: Okay. Which are wow.
1: The top wine, the high quality wines coming from very superior regions and mm-hmm. produced, in a very, uh, uh, you know, very, you know, basically the quality that, that wine you say that has a lot of aging potential. Okay. So that is only the top five to ten percent of the wines in the world. Otherwise, 90% of the wines that are produced in the world are meant to be consumed within 3 to 4 years. I would give about 2 to 3 for white wines Mm -hmm. and 3 to 4 years maximum for red wines. Okay. After this, the wines are not going to be fresh. They are going to lose their flavor characteristic. They are going to lose their freshness and the wine is not going to be enjoyable to drink because Mm -hmm. these wines, these 9 wines do not have that potential to age for that long. Okay. So, they are meant to be consumed when they are young. Okay. That older the wine better it is, is applicable to only those 10% of the wines that actually have the potential to age and mm-hmm. get better with age. Okay. Okay. You know, like if I talk about say a wine like a Barolo for example. You, it's a, one of the top wines of Italy and that wine you cannot even drink it before it. Ha- it is seven to eight years old. You wow, have to okay. let it from seven to eight years and mm-hmm. then it's going to be good enough to drink like and then after that is when you know it can age for another 20-30 th- years you know it's gonna get better. Wow. But otherwise you know so this is I think one of the biggest wine myths that I come across, you know, where people think that they can age any wine and it's going to get better.
0: But actually, Mm. it's not like that. Okay, okay, okay. So, another uh, myth
1: is, uh, you know, another very common myth that I want to share, uh, especially for a country like India, you know, where we have a perception that if a bottle has a cork, then it is going to be better quality as mm -hmm. compared through cap bottles are oh. bad quality okay you know That's another myth that i have come across very often and again that is not true uh in a sense that what has happened around the world is that uh you know a lot of new world countries like this screw cap technology was perfected in australia and in new zealand so mm-hmm. over there it- find that all the wines, whether it's a $5 wine or whether it's a $50 wine or whether it's a $500 wine, they're all bottled under screw cap. Okay. And that because a screw cap does not allow oxygen to enter into the wine. So it keeps the wine fresher for longer. And that is why, you know, like I said, those 90% of the wines that are meant to be consumed when they are young and fresh, if they are bottled under screw cap, it is better for those wines because very less oxygen is going to enter the wine. So, it's going to keep the wine fresher for longer. For longer. Whereas those age-worthy wines, those wines that have aging potential, they are the ones who are going to benefit from that cork. Because a cork is and oxygen enters the wine through that cork and it helps to make the wine better. Mm -hmm. So, only for those kind of wines, is a cork going to be beneficial. Okay. But for young, easy-drinking wines that are meant to be consumed fresh, then the screw cap is the best closure for that. Okay. It does not determine the quality of the wine. It just means that this wine is meant to be consumed when it's young.
0: Okay, okay. That's very interesting. I had not heard of this before. Uh, So, um, when you establish Magic Cellars, um, there are a lot of different experiences that uh, people can be a part of. Like you curate a lot of wine experiences. So, what are the different kinds of experiences that one can be a part of with Magic Cellars?
1: there are uh, different kinds of wine drinking people you know okay. there are people young and who are just starting out then there are people who are slightly older and who are who have been drinking wine for some time but they don't know too much about it but they have more spending power you know mm-hmm. and there's another audience that has spending power and they know also a lot about wine You know, so I realized that in order to cater to different kinds of wine audiences, I would need to curate different kinds of events. So as part of Magic Cellar's events, you could come to a very casual event, which is not even a sit-down tasting, it's a walk-around tasting, you know, people don't even sit, they taste wines, you know, we pour wines in in their glasses and I talk about the wines and then they can mingle with the rest of the participants in the event you know, so this is a very casual sort of an event. Then Mm -hmm. some other kinds of events are, it's again a casual event only but it's a sit down event where we actually sit down and we taste five to six different wines and I talk about each of those wines in a lot more detail, you know. Mm -hmm. So, find the kind of people who are very interested in wine and want to learn a lot more about it. I would get like that kind of an audience in an event like this. Mm -hmm. Then of course, more high-end events, you know, where we do only like really top quality imported wines and it's like a five course menu paired with wine and stuff like that you know so that's a different kind of an event which is a more formal setting you know so like that there are different uh, formats of these events appealing to different kinds of audiences and then post covid there is obviously the virtual events you know where uh, we send these wine uh, tasting kits to people mm-hmm. so as the wines with them and then we all meet online on zoom or something and then we conduct the tasting uh, you know where hmm. everybody at their own house and they kind of you know open okay. the wine them along with me basically so that is the mm-hmm. virtual form and besides that also uh, I had started doing these webinars you know where the focus is just on learning there is no wine tasting as such mm-hmm. but it's more right. web-
0: information based yeah
1: yeah yeah and then I also do other things you know where I combine wine with um, um, with different other things like different principles like art or music you okay know, wow appeal to a wider audience but it, it sounds, sounds very
0: interesting like interesting it's actually very yeah. interesting so uh, coming to the end of uh, my questionnaire and this podcast what is one message you would want to give all our wine enthusiasts who are listening
1: well, I would, uh, I would like to tell them that, um, you know, hey, like go out there and, you know, pick a bottle of wine and I mean anything like, or maybe like go to my Instagram, look at my recommendations and pick a bottle of wine from any of those. And then just, you know, spend like 10 minutes with that wine before you start to guzzle it. You know, just spend 10 minutes with that wine try to smell the wine, try to taste the wine, uh, you know, try to read something about it and then see whether your experience of drinking that wine improves or not, you know, and uh, because I feel that, you know, it will become more enjoyable for them. So my takeaway from this, I mean, my uh, suggestion to people would be that, hey, like spend just uh, before you uh, begin your drinking session, just spend 10 minutes learning about the wine, and then tell me whether you enjoyed it more or not. Is what I, I mean. Would
0: say. Considering that there is a whole area of study that revolves around wine, I'm pretty sure it not, it's not—it's not as easy as we make out of it. Like it's not just pouring yourself a glass and having it. So I'm pretty sure there's a lot more to it than just that. Yeah,
1: yeah. It becomes more fun, you know, when we learn about it, when we are drinking yeah. it.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> this has been really insightful for me as well. I mean, oh, I have I, I, before I read up about you, there was absolutely nothing I knew, and after talking to you, I feel a little enlightened. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so this is this has been really nice. Thank you so much. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you, Shreya.
0: So guys, if you're interested to know more about wine studies, go on our website and check out the on-demand workshop by Gargi Godhari on Wine 101 Basics and Beyond.